Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going to be sharing with you um, a subject uh, that is from disappointment to destiny. How many of you, don't raise your hand because it would be everyone, but how many of you have ever had a disappointment in life? I have to say that I have had disappointments, my share of disappointments in life that come in various ways. And even, you know, in things that I thought that God had called me to, that he wanted to do through my life. And, you know, at this point in my life, I maybe I haven't experienced it. I haven't seen it. And so you can get disappointed and you can get pulled off. But, you know, I still have faith in God that whatever it is that he wants me to do, even I might have gotten it wrong, but he will do through me what he desires to do. And his timing is not my timing. And I accept that and I receive that. And I think that's what it takes because when you're too anxious to do something, I think you need to stop and, and just rest a, a little while in that place until you know that you know that you know. I don't feel like God wants us to just go off and do something. I think we do things calculatedly. I think we do things being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, I love enthusiasm. And I love it that young people, I love to be around young people because they have a lot of enthusiasm. And I remember when I was young and I was enthusiastic for the Lord. But, you know, I just sometimes wanted to go do something. I wanted to tell everybody about the baptism of the Holy Spirit once I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But it didn't take me long to realize that not everybody was ex as excited about it as I was. Because number one, maybe they didn't know about it. Number two, maybe they've been taught that it was, you know, that was something that passed away, whatever the case may be. And so we need to have enthusiasm, but we need to have wisdom too. Amen? All right, so I think um, that we could say that all of us have suffered some kind of disappointments in life, and some smaller, some, you know, maybe very crucial, whatever the case may be, but sometimes to the point to where you want to give up. And if you read the Bible, you will see that there were men and women of God that were in that position that want to give up, that want to stop. But God has a purpose and a plan to lead them into the destiny. And so you don't let disappointment stop you and thwart the plan of God. I tell you, God's people in these days need to keep on keeping on. Do you understand what I'm saying? That we don't give up. That we don't give in. That we don't crash. That, you know, I, I like what Paul said. He said, we get knocked down, but we get up again and keep on going. See, that is the difference to people who go on into their God-given purpose and the destiny in the Lord is when they get knocked down. And all of us do from time to time. You get up and you bounce back, you have a resiliency, and I'm talking about spiritually speaking, and you get up and you keep on going. 
I know what it's like to be down to the point where I don't want to get up, where I'm just going to lay here and I'm going to wallow around in the self-pity. But you know what? You'll never do anything for yourself, your family, or the kingdom of God in that situation. You got to get up again. Sometimes you can't get up by yourself. Sometimes you need brother and sister so-and-so to come around you and help lift you up. You know what I'm saying? We need to be open to be encouragers to people. Well, that's a good word whether you think so or not. Okay, so I want you to look at this word, disappoint. The first part of it is dis, and what does that mean? D-I-S, to take away. You have an appointment, disappoint. You have an appointment, and you're disappointed. In other words, the enemy, trials, tribulations, all, you know, the challenges of life, they all come to take away your appointment in God. Now, it's amazing, though, Many people don't know what their destiny in God is. I realize that. And if you're talking to a congregation, there would be probably over half, maybe three-fourths of people that would say, I don't know what my destiny is. But I don't think you have to struggle over something like that. I think, I think that you serve the Lord, you follow His plan, and day by day you do what you're supposed to do, and then you will find yourself, you're on a path of destiny, you're on a path of a plan, you're on a, a path of purpose in your life. So we I mean when we say destiny that's some ethereal you know kind of uh, word. No, I'm not talking about that. Your destiny is in God is why you were put here upon the earth. Why you were placed here. And we know one of the reasons why you were placed here to come to know Jesus and share Jesus with other people. And if we're doing that, we're well on our way. And we don't have to struggle about, well, am I, you know, I, I've seen people over the years and over a lot of years, and I've seen people, oh, they want to, they want to do something for God, and I love it, that enthusiasm, you know, I, I love that. Uh, but I can tell you then there are people who I, I'm called into the ministry, I'm called into the ministry, I'm called into the ministry. Well, if you are... Day by day, live it out, do what God's called you to do, and get in that flow, and then He'll help you be placed where you need to be. But you, you do what your hand finds to do. You know, I see it uh, uh, again over all these years, and people are in this setting in a church where they can, in a loving, safe atmosphere where people care for them and they can grow and flourish and learn. You can learn how to be in the ministry, but people are so anxious that they get out of the plan and purpose of God. Now, I think if you're called, get out, you know, when the time is right, you get on with it. But I'm telling you, there's education that must take place before you get in a position of being handed over things. Now, 
I don't even know why I'm saying all that tonight. That was, you can see that's not on my outline if you were looking at it. But I, I just felt like I needed to say that. Now, uh, when you disappoint, it also means to dishearten or frustrate, to miscarry. Now, isn't that an interesting word? We know what miscarry is as it relates to a, a woman who is carrying a child and she miscarries, she gives birth before the, you know, the time and, and the child dies, that kind, you know. So you can miscarry what God has for you. And a disappointment can lead to that if you allow it to. But we're not going to allow that, are we? It also means to ruin, to fail to meet expectations. And so, you know, it, it means a whole lot of things, and I'm not going to get into any more. I think you get the picture to get you off track, to get you off guard, and to thwart the plan that God has for your life. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, listen to this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Now, that's a very interesting statement right there. And you know why it is? Because some people want to tell you what God thinks towards you. And it's not at all what the Bible says. He's mad at you. He's going to send you to hell. He's going to beat you over the head with the Bible. Now listen. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Now, this word peace is the word shalom that you might be familiar with. And again, it means prosperity, peace, prosperity in every area of your life. Some people think you hear the word prosperity. That has to do with money. It could, but it is so much broader than that. It includes that, but it's so much more. Every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body, he wants you to experience his shalom, peace, or prosperity. He wants you growing in Christ. He wants you growing in your relationships with people, with your family. He wants you to have this peace that passes all understanding when the world is so tormented that they can't stand it. They're committing suicide. You know, they're taking all kinds of pills, trying to, and medication, trying to find it, trying to get rid of what the enemy tries to do in their life. But, you know, that's never going to do it. But shalom peace is for the people of God. He said, I know what I'm thinking about you. And so if you're wondering what God is thinking about you, he's thinking peaceful, prosperity, thoughts, towards you. That's what he wants for your life. If you're a mess and things are all messed up in your life, he still wants that for you. He wants you to find the prosperous way to him. I believe it. I believe it. So then he goes on to say, um, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. Okay, what does that mean? He has an expected end for you. 
When you come to the end of your life, there's an expectation by God and what he would have you to do, that plan, that purpose, that destiny to accomplish for him. And I don't think it's something that we have to struggle over. I think we, we get before the Lord. We seek him out. We seek his plan. We seek his purpose. And then we go on that path with our life. Amen? Now, I was reading this um, out of the New Living, that Jeremiah 29, 11. He, he said, plans for good and not disaster. Plans of good and not disaster. So, if disaster is happening, that's not God's good plan for your life. Even though, you know, uh, grandmother might have told you that. And other people might have told you that. But it is not the truth. It is not the truth. You know, I, I have finished a book and Lord knows it's taken me a long time to get this one done for some reason. But in it, I knew that I needed to put some scripture that had to do with God being a good God and people understanding that. And I think maybe because I didn't know that for a while in my Christian experience, I did not know that. And I've encountered many other people that didn't know it either. And so I think that is so important to let people know God is a good God and he has a good plan, not disaster for our lives. And so if we're having disaster, you just know that wasn't God's doing in your life. Now, I'll be the first to say I do understand that because of our poor choices in life, we can bring things in on ourselves and, you know, it, it just happens that way. But the devil is the destroyer. Steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. That's what he came to do. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. And he'll lie to us and he'll deceive us and tell us that God is the one causing the disasters, the problems, you know, the things, the trials in our life. But it's not God, that's for sure. And we hear it there. Now, the Amplified Classic says, hope in your final outcome. Now, there's a final outcome for you. And that's very, very important for you to remember that. A final outcome. Now listen to this. I, I, this is not on my outline, but I was reading this recently and it really spoke to me and I think it fits right here. Psalms 139, 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. There's a book. I want you to think about that. There's a book in heaven, evidently, that has our story. God knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He said, even unformed body. He knew us and he had a plan for us. He said, all the days are ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so God has a plan for your life. Do you have to follow God's plan for your life? Absolutely not. Lots of people are rebellious. They're not going to do what God wants. Even, even Christians can be that way. 
they just have their own agenda, they have their own way, and they don't have time uh, to check anything like that out, you know, what the ordained plan would be. But I don't know about you. I want that ordained plan. Do you want that ordained plan? I do. I want to walk in it. It's the best I can see. I'm on the path. And, you know, many of you in here, you're on the path. We're following. We're fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. And if you're not, then you need to get on it. God will show you. He'll help you through that process. Amen? All right. Now, he said in John 29, 11, he said to give you an expected end. In other words, there is an appointed destination for you. Now, we know that we're ultimately going to heaven. You know, we'll leave this world. And if Jesus tarries and we're going to heaven, all of us will go to heaven. Isn't that right? I mean, if we know Jesus, we'll, we'll leave this earth and we will go to heaven. Now, if you think about it, I mean, one generation, you know, then they're all gone. I was thinking about the... You know, the soldiers in World War II, I love to watch, Eddie and I watch a lot of documentaries on World War II, Vietnam, you know, and those kind of things. And all those guys from World War II, I mean, they're, they're almost gone. They're almost gone. If they know the Lord, there's that final destination, you know, for them. But they've got a path that leads them to that destination. Well, we've got a path that leads us to a destination where one day, again, if Jesus tarries, we will walk that path until we walk on over into glory. Amen? Now, that's a good thought. All right. So... Proverbs 15:22 I'm going to read this to you. It says without counsel purposes are disappointed. Without counsel purposes are disappointed. Okay, what do you where do you get counsel? Where does where do you get counsel? Well, that's when you go and you sit down in the office of a professional and they give you information. Well, that could be counsel, you know, if the Christian needs to take Christian counsel. We do. We need to have Christian counsel. But that's, that's not the most important part. I want to tell you the Word of God is counsel. You want to know what to do, how to act, what to say? Then go to the counsel of the book of the Word of God, the Bible. And you will be counseled. And the Holy Spirit, doesn't He lead you into all the truth? Isn't He your helper, your guide? Isn't He? Okay, so the Holy Spirit is a counselor. If you, if you look that up, you know, in John, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. When Jesus left, the Holy Spirit was given to be the comforter, the counselor, the strengthener, the helper, and all of that. And so, He is our counsel. So, the Word of God is our counsel. And then the Holy Spirit is our counsel. And then we have leaders, people that we respect, that know the Lord, that are well advised in the Scripture, 
I've always been amazed why somebody that's been divorced four times, why a Christian would go to them and how to, you know, how to fix their marriage. It doesn't make any sense, does it? I said counsel. I'm talking about godly counsel. And you, you get advisement and you get help through people who have life experiences and who have walked the walk and who have talked the talk. Doesn't mean they're perfect, but it means that they're people that are schooled in the Word of God. And so uh, your, your uh, disappointments then, and well, let me just read it here. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. So you must have counsel when you get into a place where you need direction and guidance. So I'm telling you where that counsel comes from. Amen? How do you keep standing in the midst of a disappointment? You seek Him for your breakthroughs. I'm talking about the Lord. You seek the Lord in the middle of those disappointments, and then you receive his breakthroughs and his answers. You pray, you cry out to God that's needful and necessary. You know, um, I've got this saying that I've, you know, had him even make some canvas, canvas prints, pray first and then work. You know, you, you, you get in a disappointment, you get in a time where things are not going the way that they need to, and you can try to, you know, do everything that you know to do, but you need to pray first, and then you need to work that. Because I can tell you, I have, I have uh, been in the middle of things, and it's just not working out, not going the way that I feel like that it needs to, and in the middle of that, it'll just dawn on me. If I would pray, God may show me something, the way to get around this. And you know what? He does. And it's not just unique to me. He'll do it for you too. And so, you know, when you've been disappointed and you get in that place where you need breakthroughs and answers, pray and cry out to God. And He will hear you and He will help you set or reset you towards your destiny. Now, I really believe that. Amen? Now, Luke uh, 22, 28, and 29. Let's, let's just turn there and look at that. Luke 22, 29. Well, I'll just read 28 too. You are they which have continued, they've been constant without relenting with me in my temptations. When the devil came and when temptations were there, his disciples were with him. And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father has appointed unto me. Now he's talking to his, his disciples and they have been given a divine appointment. 
that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That was what those disciples, that is, you know, what God planned for them. That is their appointment that he has given to them. But it's so uh, just remarkable to me to look at this next verse and, and see Uh, You know, God was telling them, including Peter, that he brings up, Simon, he says, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, those disciples, Peter, he had an assignment, an appointment from God. And the enemy came to try to get him sidetracked and off. And you know about how that uh, Peter denied Jesus. You you know about what happened and and how that that came about. And so the enemy was trying to disappoint, dis, take away his appointment that God had given him. But Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail When Satan comes to sift you, you know what a sifter is? Take your life and and just break it down. I mean, just try to destroy it. And and Peter was at such a place that he he was just going to give up. But his faith did not totally fail him. And it doesn't have to fail you either. No, it doesn't have to destroy you and take away your God-given destiny in the Lord. Amen? I have prayed that your faith fail not. And so in times of disappointment, we need to hold on to our faith as never before. Faith is what moves God. Faith is what God has given us to win every battle and to everything that we face. It is through faith that we make it through. We make it through. And see, just like Jesus said, I prayed for you. What do we need to do when people are in disappointing times? When they're in difficult times, what do we need to do for them? We need to do what Jesus did ahead of time, and we need to pray that the enemy would not be able to rob them of their faith, that it would fail, and that they, when they are sifted as wheat, as it says here, that they will not be utterly destroyed. So very, very important. I'm telling you, it really is. Now, uh, I'm looking at something. Well, I'm not going to go there because if I do, I won't have time to do these other things that I want to do. Okay, so in Luke 22, 28, and 29 that we have read here, then we see that Satan desires to shake. 
He wants to shake us up. He wants to shake out of us all the faith that we have so that we fail, that we miss that appointment, miss what God has given us that has been ordained in the book. Isn't that interesting how there's a book of our life in heaven, a book of your life? Now that's something, isn't it? So, Peter and himself could have been overthrown. But Jesus prayed for him and he rallied back and he did not succumb to what the enemy was trying to do for his life, to his life. Now, another example of disappointment comes in Luke 15. I'm not going to turn there. Uh, 12 through 19, and it's the prodigal son. But I went through there, and I looked at all the things in the prodigal son. And here is this son. He received an early inheritance, which you don't receive an inheritance before, you know, your loved one goes on. You know, typically that's not what happens. But he came to his father and he said, I want my inheritance. See, people want things before they're ready for it. And he wasn't ready for it. So he received that early inheritance. And he had this prodigal son had to come face to face with his failures. And he made a decision during that time when he was out feeding the hogs. A Jewish man feeding the hogs, living and eating out of the pig pen. That's where he found himself. And then he made a decision. He said, what in the world am I doing in this position, being who I am and who my father is, and why am I living like this? He came to himself. And many times that's what God's people have to do. And that shaking up thing can shake you up to the point to where you wake up and you ask that question, what am I doing here? And that's what he did. But I think it is, is uh, just wonderful what the father's response to him was. And see, in our own minds and in, in the prodigal son's mind, he could be thinking, well, what in the world is my father going to do if he knows how I've lived this riotous life, living in sin, squandering my inheritance? What is my fa He's going to reject me. My father is not going to accept me. But see, again, that's where the enemy tries to cause your faith to fail. But what did he do? The father's response, he ran out to meet him. What a beautiful picture. Here is this man, his son, probably tattered clothes, a mess, you know, didn't have what he needed. And the father didn't care. He ran out to meet him. And what did he do? He got out the best robe and he put it on his son. He put sandals and a ring. He provided what he needed. He killed the fatted calf, and they had a big celebration, a big barbecue. Now, what about that? And see, that's not at all probably what that prodigal son thought was going to happen, but the son humbled himself, and the father accepted him. Isn't that good news? 
So this is a picture of God's love and mercy and patience, His warm affection to us, and that His acceptance. God is uh, not mad at people, and it's so important to know that. It's, it's like the woman caught in adultery. I, I always wonder, what happened to that man anyway? He should have had to deal with it too. He took off. And there, you know, and the, the other guys that, you know, that got the woman, they didn't care about the man. They're just going to grab up the woman. And what did Jesus do? I bet it just caused their heads to spin. He didn't condemn her. He didn't say, you're disgusting. What did he say? He said, go and sin no more. And you know what he was saying? Go, don't keep living the way that you're living. Get things right. Get on the right path. Get on the right track with your life. And that's what God says to us. But now he didn't say, oh, you're okay. You're good. It's all right. I forgive you. He said, no, you go on, but don't you keep sinning. We can't talk about sin in the church today. I think people come in and they got earmuffs that they put on if you start saying anything like that. La, 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 I can't hear that. No, you better hear it. You better hear it. Now, God doesn't condemn you, but he doesn't tolerate it either and say, go on and keep living just like you're living. He said, get up from there, dust yourself off, and don't. Keep living the way that you're living. Amen? So, we need to do just like Peter did. You know, in the story I was telling you, we need to turn to the Lord and give Him our failures. We are truly accepted in the Beloved. I believe that, don't you? Philippians 3.13, in the New Living, it says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach, now listen to this, the end of the race. Some people think they can start the race, and it doesn't matter, and they don't have to follow through. But at the end of the race, you're continuing, you're pressing on, you're serving the Lord, you're fulfilling your purpose and his plan for your life till the end. See, this is where people uh, get messed up. Well, I'm serving God now. You know, I'm serving God. Well, that's good. And we're glad you're serving God now. But you know, in a year from now, keep serving God. 10 years from now, if you live 50 years from now, keep serving God. Press on toward the plan. Press on in the pathway to serve God. There's too many people today that start out right, but they don't stay right. They get off the path. They start living, you know, away from God, away from the plan. His, the book, the ordained plan that's in the book, they get away from it. And you know, many never get back on that path. Now, whether they go to heaven or not, I can't preach somebody into heaven or hell. And I wouldn't do that. You know, I, that's between God and, and that person. But I tell you, for me, I'm going to stay 
in that preordained as much as I know and as much as I can that plan and purpose for my life. We've got to keep on keeping on. Amen? Very important to realize that. We keep moving on into our destiny further and further down the road and into the plan. Because I can tell you, years ago, you know, um, listen, you know, this church is 40 years old. And before that time, you know, before we started the church, you know, I was, I was on that path. I had given my heart to the Lord. I had said yes to whatever his plan and purpose. I didn't have a clue what that was. But I just serve God. Got in my church, whatever there was to do. You know, need somebody to cook, I'll cook. Need somebody to clean, I'll clean. Need somebody to teach the kids, I'll teach the kids. You know, whatever it was, I just began to serve God. And I'm not talking about out of, you know, drudgery. I loved it. I loved it because I knew that I was serving God and I was fulfilling my God-given purpose. Do I think that I'm supposed to cook? That's my, no, ask Eddie, he'll tell you. <laughs> it's not, you know, or is it, uh, you know, to teach kids? No, but somebody has to teach kids. Somebody's got a God-given plan and destiny to teach kids. But at that particular time, on my pathway to my ordained plan, I did teach kids. Lord, help those kids. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Nothing. But I could read the Bible. So I did. So they did get something. I bet it was boring as I'll get out. But, <laughs> but I did it. And that's how we can do things. We start out. What we do now is what we're not going to... We're not going to do that probably 10, 15, 20 and further on down the line. It, it'll be, you know, there'll, there'll be things... There'll be dimension, definition that is added to our life. Number one, because you get wisdom. You grow in wisdom. And you grow in your experience with the Lord in knowledge and understanding. And so you'll go into, you know, pro uh, possibly different, you know, things for your future. But some people, it's just like there are people in this room, you're school teachers, and you know that's your God-given, ordained plan that God has for you. What an what a awesome responsibility. That's, a, that's on the pathway to your destiny, to the final outcome. Amen? So important. Now, I want to look real quickly here, and I'm not going to turn to the scripture, but I would really encourage you to read this, okay? And I, I may just um, end here because I've got so much more to go, but I, I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to talk about this story. Second Samuel chapter number 9, and um, it talks about Mephibosheth. What a name. And his name, Mephibosheth, means shame. It means shame. I wouldn't want that name, would you? But I think people have names and their lives depict what is there. And if you hear about, he was the grandson of Saul and the son to Jonathan. And who was Jonathan? Jonathan was David's 
really great best friend. They were covenant brothers, if you will. And so one day, you know, David called. I, I want to know, does Jonathan, are, are, there, are, are there any descendants that are left? And so he finds out about Mephibosheth. But it's very interesting because at five years of age, their city was being attacked. And the servant, the maid, who was taking care of that little five-year-old, grabbed him up, began to run to get away. And when she did, she fell. And he evidently was injured to the point to where he was crippled for life. And so Mephibosheth then, um, you know, he, he had to live really badly and, and rough. It was very rough for him. But he lived in a place called Lodabar. And Lodabar, again, I love these names, you know. Uh, it means nowhere. He lived in Lodabar. Oh, he just lives down there in Lodabar, nowhere. That's, you don't want to, you don't want to live there. That's that guy who's shameful, you know. Think about it. What a mess. You think he was a disappointed man? I mean, his father and his grandfather have been leaders of the nation. And then here he finds himself just discarded. He's discarded. I tell you what, you may feel like you're discarded. You may feel like you're living in Lodabar, nowhere, going nowhere. But don't you give it up. Because just like Mephibosheth, David extended his hand to Mephibosheth and called him in. And they went out to find him. They found him. He came in and he was fed at the king's table. He was provided for everything that he needed. He was off. His life was off track. But God came into his life, picked him up. You know, and I think it's interesting too that if you look at, he was crippled. And that's what disappointment will do. It will cripple you sometimes. When, when difficult, bad things happen, it can disappoint you. It can cripple you to where you feel like you cannot go on. But just like God, through David, did in Mephibosheth's life, picked him up and gave him a, a life worth living. And he will give it to us too. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you have had disappointment, some of you, you're in here and you're going through it right now. You know, there, there's, you've been highly disappointed. And how disappointments come? It can come through a failed marriage. It can come through financial calamity. It can come through sickness and disease. All kinds of things. This whole world is full of things that can pull you off track. But you have a plan and a purpose. You are not a mistake. While you were unformed, God had the plan for you. How powerful. And so, I'd really 
encourage you tonight if you've had those disappointments and you're just at a place where you're going through the motions but you really don't have that stirring in your heart, that real fire in your heart of the Holy Spirit, you know, that keeps you on fire for God, I'm telling you, you can get up from that, bounce back from it, and get back on the track and get back on the plan and purpose for your life. Now, some of you have heard this message, and you're supposed to tell some other people about it, the truths, some scripture to help them get through what they're going through. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we pray over this word that's come forth tonight, and we pray that you'll take it and you'll help us to overcome in every area of our life, seeing, knowing, and understanding that we are not insignificant, there we are not people without a purpose. We're people with a purpose, and you have given that to us. And may we pick it up, may we run with it, may we forget the past disappointments and failures, and may, may we press on in to what you have for us, not trying, to, not trying to have our own way, but giving in and saying yes to your way. Lord, I, I would not want to go out of this world having done things my way. I want to go out doing things your way, and I know these precious people do too. And help us to do that, Father. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.